Hi, it's Dr. Rod Story with Mere Medicine. Looking forward to being back in the... Uh, what do we call this studio here? The, the Cross Politics Studio. The Cross the Fight Politics Lab. Studio. Soon it's going to be the Fight Lab Feast Network Studio. Oh, excellent. Yeah, excellent. Yeah. Well, you know, more avenues to speak truth and love. Yes, yeah, sir. Uh, it's kind of what I wanted to, to start off talking about today. Yeah. So we're going to um, get into the transgender topic today. Yes, heavy topic. Um, something that's coming across my desk more and more. And so I feel like uh, it would be wise to take a gander back, mostly from the perspective of why does our clinic not participate in transgendering or why do we not encourage our kids to be talking about this uh, and exploring uh, all sorts of pronouns or, or directions? If this is the thing, why, why are we going the other direction? So uh, maybe even take a step back there because you're a Christian doctor. Yes, sir. Um, and obviously you are happy to provide medical services to everybody. That's everybody. part of no, your Hippocratic uh, Oath. Yes, uh, I do not decline care to anybody. I uh-huh. feel like that's consistent with uh, the scripture's calling in our life. Uh, you just have to look at the Good Samaritan to know that even um, people who we would not normally associate with or spend time with, right. that if we see a need crossing the street to, do, to take care of them right. is the utmost calling. And uh, that's absolutely what I've dedicated my life to. And so... Um, but now you're going to refuse services to someone who would maybe uh, want to transition from male to female or something like that. Well, that's that. an interesting question. Refusing mm-hmm. services puts it on an, an onus, doesn't it? Yeah. It kind of flips the I use that terminology for a reason. Yeah, well, right. We talked a little right. bit about this. If you listened to the podcast for about three weeks ago when we talked about euthanasia and this idea, are physicians just purveyors of technology? Are we just like a vending machine? You can yeah. put some money in and you get whatever you want. Right. Or are physicians morally responsible for the advice we give? Right. for the decisions we make, for the prescriptions we write, for the skin that we cut, are we are we responsible or, or is this really a, just a uh, one size, well, maybe not one size, any size fits anybody. Yeah. Uh, basically, you could come and, and demand whatever you want of a physician. Okay. And so um, how are you, you know, maybe start with how are you thinking about the transgendered, um, I guess, medical culture? Yeah. Um, well, before we kind of get into that, I, okay. I, I think there's a book in uh, of a piece of scripture that I've been mulling on as I've been thinking about this. Okay. And it's uh, Ephesians 4. It talks about uh, that we need to speak truth in love to each other. I yeah. mentioned that at the beginning of the podcast here. And I think that that's worth talking about because there's two aspects of, of the way I want to approach this. I want to be a man that's speaking true words. So as we talk to as we talk to you today, as we talk to patients in my clinic, it, it shouldn't be any different. I shouldn't be uh, judging words or, or twisting them in a way that that suddenly is trying to trying to game somebody up. Okay. Um, but not only do I want to be truthful, I want to do that in a loving way. Um, and I think that that's fascinating to think about. Sometimes we come across as Christians heavy-handed in our truth, and uh-huh. I think that that is that is uh, it, there is a way of speaking truth that is kind to the the frame of our listeners, um, particularly the people who are thinking about transgender, these are people who are already struggling with significant self-doubts and yeah. questions about some of the most basic things, essentials, yeah. to when they look in the mirror. Right. When they look in the mirror even going, I do not like who I am or I am broken. I, I look in the mirror and I say, this is this is wrong yeah. the way I am and I need to I need to take drastic measures to change this. And that's a, that's a pretty that's a pretty rough spot to be in. I, yeah. My heart goes out to those folks. And I think that is Part of the reason that uh, it's become such a topic of today, people are people are seeing these these kids, these adults, and going, "Man, if I was in that spot, I'd uh, 
I guess I'd reach out for any tool that might fix me. Yeah. And that's the, the question here. But I think when, when you use the word truth and love, it kind of begs a couple of questions. Okay. Is there a way of speaking truth that isn't loving? Well, we asked that question. But also, is there a way of speaking falsehood that comes across as, as loving? loving? Right. And I think that that's what we're, by and large, hearing uh-huh. in our culture, from our doctors, from uh, social workers at school, from anyone that's pushing this uh, to kids who are struggling, that they are speaking falsely. And they're, they're doing so, smarming it in, in a nice thick layer of yeah. what sounds loving, but is actually false and, and it ultimately is, is hurtful. Right. Uh, and then, of course, you can, you can speak falsehoods in, uh, in hatred and, man, yeah. <laughs> we just don't want anything to do with those folks. We don't want to be those folks. Right, right. And so we're in this crazy world where transgender surgeries are happening all around us now, and especially in our town, our hospital, I think, yeah. is the only hospital in the Northwest well, that was the case, uh, as I understand it, um, both hospitals in our area that, that had kind of gone full on to yep. transgender, uh, the surgeon that was using those hospitals to do that care is no longer here. He has his own place that he's working out of. And so for the, for the time being, it, it has not become quite as much of a hospital setting. But what's, okay. what's fascinating to me, uh, and I came across this, this weekend, a friend of mine shared a, uh, just a simple Google map. And all it was was a picture of uh, gender-affirming clinics. Yeah. Basically right. places that you could go and, and get medication doctor, to surgery. Get medication all the way to yeah. surgical removal of healthy organs. Yep. They showed a, a map of places that self-declared for that kind of care in 2007. And then they showed just 15 years later. 2022. Wow. And the map is crazy. It's, it's just, wow. it's, it's exploded near you. Yeah. It used to be just little fringe places, a couple yeah. in New York and here and there. Yep. But in 15 years, we've gone to making this a neighborhood thing. And that's actually what brought it up for me this week. I, yeah. I had a, a mom who called kind of in a desperate circumstance saying my, my daughter came to her, her dad, the mom and dad are not together in long, any longer and said, I, I want to take hormones. And, and the mom was just aghast. Where did yeah. this come from? You've never talked about this before. What yeah. is going on? And, and only to realize that in the small town where they live, we have a lot of small towns. It began with teachers, social workers, and then it turned out to be a nurse practitioner in a little tiny clinic that said, hey, I think you should start doing hormones. Someone with no wow. skill, background, substat, and anything. So really, uh, it, it's, it's in all of our doctor's offices um, it's in all the medical literature. It's in all the social media. It's everywhere. Um, and and it's, it seems to be held out as this is the answer for what is hurting. This is the answer for when you look in the mirror and you feel lonely, when you feel like you don't fit in, when you feel broken. Wow. And it's... Um, it's very concerning. So I, I want to I want to turn that around because it's not I'm, I'm not just hearing it from moms who are coming to our office and saying, "Hey, I just want to." Can you talk to my kid? Can you give him a different perspective? Uh, I've had a couple of conversations recently with with uh, teenagers who said, "Yeah, this is this is like every kid in my in my class has yes. some sort of identity that they've suddenly yes. changed to." Um, to a, a wife who I know whose husband is beginning to do the transition and they, and they were church going people as, as of a couple of years ago, but now suddenly like, Hey, I, I, he goes to the doctor and the doctor says, this is normal and right. And, and I don't know what to think. It, it's really quite a mind blowing circumstance. So right. as we, as we talk about these hurting people who 
who are reaching out for answers. Uh, I think there's also a, a double-edged sword here. There are people who are pushing this in, a, in an right. ultimate way that I think is very destructive. We'll talk about that. Um, have you read uh, Irreversible Damage by Abigail Stryer? Yes, and, yeah. and if it's hard to get your hands on because, it, frankly, Amazon keeps keeps denying uh, oh, having really? this. On, yeah, so I have it on Audible. Well, there um, you go. It's worth listening to because it, yeah. it's a it's actually not a Christian who wrote it. It's just yep. a, a concerned uh, medical uh, psychologist yeah. psych- uh, who yeah. said, "Wow, I am seeing this. All these." Girls aged twelve to fifteen in my office who yep. suddenly are saying, I'm, "I'm ready to be a man yep. that'll fix me," and, right. and and talking in detail about some of the irreversible damage. And yep. that's obviously the dev, right. the dog. The well, and what what struck book. me about reading that book was how um, first off she went through just all these stories, you know, of all, yeah. all these different, um, largely is women transitioning or wanting to transition, yeah. um, and how they were. Uh, basically Ivy league family kind of uh, backgrounds. And then, you know, these, this, this Ivy league white collar um, identity crisis that's Mm -hmm. have, that's happening. And they're the ones going through, it's not, it's not the ghetto that's doing this. Well, you and I grew up in the, in the eighties and nineties and, and, and we were called latchkey kids for a reason, you know, mom and dads were off working and and we were coming home and watching Scooby-Doo and, and, and maybe if we had been caught at that moment, feeling a little bit lonely or estranged or not connected. But when you enter into that, a very directed social media that says you feel like you don't fit in, uh-huh. or you feel like yep. you're awkward in your right. body, like every teenager. Well, yeah. here's the answer. Um, and it is a pretty remarkable thing. So there, I, there's a, there's about five things that I think are worth considering okay. and that we, we kind of address in our clinic before we go like, man, why, why is the, every other clinic seem like it's, um, talking about transgender, uh-huh. why are all the social, why, why are all the medical societies doing uh, uh, expert opinions saying this is the right thing? And and, and why is the story of family medicine and, and many Christians going the other direction? Yep. The first I would say is um, there's an old adage, if something is new in medicine, you probably ought to wait. So yep. here's the scoop. I am 20 years out of medical school. I went to the University of Washington, one of the most, um, well, by many standards, liberal educations in the United States, liberal yep. medical schools that we were very involved in caring for people who were dealing with homosexuality, people yep. who were dealing with abortion, people who were dealing with all uh, immigrant issues. Um, and it was a remarkably good education and, and challenging in other ways. But I'll tell you one thing that 20 years ago uh, that we didn't talk about. Sex. Male and female. Yeah, because it was a decided issue. Yeah. We've known that for uh, ad ad, ad nauseum and and infinity. It's it's a basic biological tenet of of human anatomy, of human sexuality, that that this is not a new thing. So so when I was in medical school, there was no discussion or no understanding or conversation about transgender. Yeah. 20 years ago, and even I would say probably even 10 years ago, they were not teaching actively about this. So why is something suddenly so like the in thing and so medically the right thing to do? Right. And yet it was not even a conversation, not even a consideration. Because it's obviously driven by culture. Well, it, what, yeah. that, that, should, that should make us pause. Yeah. It should make us go, what in the world? Because yeah. we're, we're talking about dramatic changes. We're talking right. about drastic uh you know, people often say, is, is the medicine 
worse than the cure. You know, in this case, uh, a cure for being, for feeling like you don't fit in your body or you look in the mirror and you don't like the gender you are, uh, the medicine for it. Um, we're going to talk about it here in a second is, is, is a dramatic, drastic thing. So, but, but this is all, this is all new. And it, and in medicine, anything that's new, yeah. you should probably wait and see if it actually works out. Even if the FDA is saying this is good stuff, because frankly, we we don't always know the outcome or the rea- uh, or, or the effect that's going to happen. We're talking about um, taking boys and encouraging them to to change to uh, remove dramatically, their, remove their yes. penis, yes, <laughs> to, serious to, surgery, yeah, serious yep. surgery. You to can't undo hormones. that. You cannot undo that. We're talk- yep. telling women to do the same. Yep. Uh-huh. Um, and these are these are not something that that suddenly you can kind of change mid course and say, yeah, that that medicine had a side effect I didn't like. I don't think I'll right. continue. This is a this is a uh, a whole different direction. This is right. kind of a uh, a shoot for the a different planet uh, right. when you're when you're talking about something straightforward. So what's number two? The uh, second is that that um, this is a unique and and really concerning way that we're approaching medicine. And it basically is on a perspective of someone's feelings. Uh-huh. Uh, medicine is it prides itself in being evidence-based yep. in being like, I can test a lab. I can do a, a panel of things. I can examine you. I can do a number of things and I can say, okay, based on this evidence, this is what I think is going on with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, your bone, hey, look at that picture there on the, on the screen, the x-ray shows your bone is, is broken right there. Yep. And this is the advice that I would give to yep. you. There is no uh, evidence for what people are feeling. This is, this is purely on someone's wow. um, uh, self-awareness. Yeah. Um, and that is a really dangerous place to be when you're yeah. talking about uh, changes that we're going to be, we're going to be getting into deeply because feelings change. Yeah. Wow. Twitter had a pretty amazing, um, uh, 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 day. They call it trans, a uh, detransition day, uh-huh. uh, where, uh, hundreds of thousands of, and I'm not, I'm not making this small, um, well, maybe tens of thousands of people were getting on Twitter and were sharing their detransitioning story. Wow. People who were saying, I did this. I tried to be the other gender. I took the hormones. I saw the doctors. I did the psychology. I even did the surgery. Yeah. And now I am going backwards to what I was originally yeah. because they realized that the end is not fulfilling, not the, not the, not the fix that they thought it was. And those stories are amazing. And I would encourage people who are thinking, I feel this. I wonder if there's other people you can go find lots of feelings based. If you feel this, you must be it. But I would also say, why is it so many are, are saying the opposite? I felt this, my feelings were wrong. They misled me. And I would say, that's just not a, that's, that's true. Like in, when, when we speak to medical doctors, why are we um, basing our treatments on how people feel? We don't do that in any other place in medicine. That's a very dangerous place to be. In fact, oftentimes doctors are entrusted to tell people you might feel this way. A good example is looking in the mirror and thinking I'm, I'm, I'm not skinny enough. And the doctor says, no, 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 you're anorexic. Yep. And I'm going to help you. I'm going to even hospitalize you to keep you from continuing on this path because you will die because what you feel yeah. is not the same as what you are. Right. And, right. and we do that same. We used to do that more and more with euthanasia. If you had a death wish, we would say, uh, that's not consistent with a healthy mind. I'm going to protect you and right. keep you from your worst, worst emotions. So feelings, feelings are, are not a good basis for medicine. And I would encourage people who are, who are 
talking this through with their kids, whose kids are expressing these, to explore where those feelings come, yeah. um, and then also to to really put them in line of your feelings are this, but what is what is actually the reality of that that that, that mirrors against? Okay, number three. Well, and that is the reality. The reality we talked about is that every portion, every bit of someone's body, says whether they are a boy or a girl. Uh-huh. And there's no, there's no, there's no qualms about it. There's no hidden agenda. There's no mix up about it. It is, right. it is as clear as day. It was clear from the very moment of your conception when you were a tiny one celled um, child, uh-huh. and your mom's sperm and your, and your mom's <laughs> sperm. Oh, nice. Uh, when your, can you edit that? Different show. Different show. <laughs> <laughs> different topic. Yeah, when, you, when your mom's uh, uh-huh. egg and your dad's sperm yep. came together. That's right. Uh, which was again very clear male, very clear female. Yeah. It wasn't some mixy thing yeah. going on, um, because that's the only way biologically that yeah. children are made. You have to have an egg, and you have to have yes. sperm. Uh, and there's all sorts of crazy technology, but it really still begins with a with a male and a female. Yep. Um, and it always will because that's the necessity of it. And if we start okay. messing with that, we really have gotten into a messy spot. So give me yeah. give me some more examples of kind of the reality. Uh, what do you mean? Uh, obviously, you're pointing to science, some scientific realities yes. uh, well, so beyond, one, beyond uh, egg and sperm. Here's one realistic. Uh, we know that a lot of kids struggle with this. Uh-huh. And, and it's, um, uh, it's a, I think particularly it's been fed by our culture a bit because it seems to be the in thing to think about. I think um, people are told you're kind of special if you have these struggles or if you're making this transition. And who doesn't want to be special? But the the reality is, and we have amazing uh, amount of studies, huge, well-crafted studies, not the studies that are coming out that are, that are saying, oh, everybody's happy that underdoes this. Those are so fraught with garbage yeah. science uh, that, that people are just looking for what they say or what they think it says. Uh-huh. But these, these are studies that look at um, what happens if we just encourage kids to hang in there and we encourage them to improve their relationships with their parents, and we get them through their teen years, what's amazing is almost everybody continue, reverts back to the, the gender that they were born with. Right. There's no confusion after that point. If you get that 13 to 15-year-old boy through that season, yeah. and, and he grows into the man that his body is built to, yep. and the destiny is built into that every DNA of every cell is, is, is building him towards through puberty. He becomes a man and he, 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 these, these men, um, become satisfied men, men that right. are happy with themselves. Right. And the same with women. If we just, and, and that's one of the crazy things is the, the current encouragement is we got to catch these kids long before they go through puberty so that we don't yep. give them the trauma of puberty. Right. It's not trauma. It's the blessing of puberty. Right. It's a, a puberty that that it, that helps them become concretely who they were destined to be. Well, and and basically, you're also just describing what it means to be in Christ. Yeah. Uh, because uh, everyone experiences, you know, hardship, rocky roads, doubts. And not even just about their own, you know, sexuality. You know, we're talking about particularly about sexuality, but uh, you know, you go through crisis of faith. You go through, uh, and, and and you you know not to listen to your uh, negative thoughts, you know, not to listen to your feelings. You know, you, you stand on the rock of Christ. You listen to Jesus through those trials. These are not these are not um, lonely or unusual feelings that people have. Right. People struggle in all different ways, and they're really right. spiritual journeys. They're spiritual conversations that we're having right. about what it is that you're that you're made of. What is it that you're called to be? Yep. Who is it that gave you value? 
Right. What is your purpose in life and what is that meaning? And, and you and I are both believers in Christ, and, and we find that the, the Word of God gives us a very clean and clear answer that God made people in, in a large part for identity by making them male and female. Through all the ro- uh, waves and the storms and the ship rocking, we know that Jesus is our rock. Yeah. And, uh, and, and that's why it's, it's, it's kind of tragic in some of these situations where these parents are calling you or, uh, and their kid wants to transition, but they never gave them Jesus. They never gave them that rock. So they have, you know, they don't have a foundation to point their yeah. kids back to beyond maybe, well, you're, you're physically a girl. <laughs> or physically a boy, that's as far well, as they can point not, them. You know, the, the the surface issues that we see in the mirror that so many kids are focused on now is not the deep reality. That's right. And the deep reality of what is driving people to ask these questions, am I trapped as a boy in a girl's body um, or vice versa? It, the, right. Those are deeper issues often brought on by um, right. pretty substantial hardships in a family. Um, I, I read I listened to a, a psychologist that treated many hundreds of kids who were struggling with these thoughts. He was uh, out of uh, Washington University. He's unfortunately lost his job now because he shared his research. His research, by and large, said that these kids needed to be encouraged to get through and hang in there. Secondly, that they almost always came from cir- circumstances of broken uh-huh. relationships, parents who were yeah. not together, often a strong uh, uh, or a lacking a parental figure, most often dad missing. Uh-huh. I mean, we talk about father hunger. Yeah, and many of these kids um, were wanting to avoid becoming the gender that they knew their go- their body was made for. Yeah, because they saw in that adult form something that they were fear- fearful of. I'll give you an example. It was uh, he, he. This gentleman, this doctor, shared a uh, a conversation that he had with a young girl who. Um, she definitely wanted to be a man, wanted to be a man. And it turned out that every woman in her life that she knew had been abused. Yeah, every woman right. in her life had been run over by men. Every woman right. in her life had been, had been um, not a master of their destiny. And she looked at it and said, I don't want to be a woman. If that's what womanhood is, yeah. I'll be a man because men can choose their destiny. Right. Men can not be run over. Men are strong. Right. I don't want to be a woman if that's what a woman is. And it's not the, it's not the, it's not the, the matter of being a woman that is is broken, but it's the the view uh, and right. the, and the picture that's been made for her. Right. And, and without, as you and I know, without Christ, all 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 images of male and female are really broken. That's right. Um, and we fall short. That's right. All right. Number four. Yes, sir. Well, and this comes out. Of, I've gone to a number of. I've treated many many uh, transgender patients, not for transgendering, but as as a matter of care and kindness through the years of working in the emergency room and in the hospital. Yeah. Um, and what is remarkable is the amount of medication it takes to try and contravene or or overrule what overrule the body's trying, what to, the do. Body's trying to do. Wow. Yes, and we're not talking natural hor- levels of hormones. It's yeah. not like oh, hey, you have male pattern hormones, but we're going to start giving you female pattern hormones and normal female pattern. No, you first have to start off with a medication that absolutely blocks the hormones. Want to guess where these, where these medications first came from? Abortion. I don't know. <laughs> no, they came from cancer. Wow. And there were medicines that we to used block to block certain kinds cancer of cancer cells. Yes. Wow. So certain kinds of testicular cancer, certain kinds of, uh, wow. of, of other hormone based cancers. These are, these are cancer treatments that now are being used and given to kids to block them from going to puberty. 
and and it's a it's a horrifying use of of a medication that was not intended for that. And it's off it's off label too. Oh yeah. So none there's of these, this, there's none of these whole, have any label. Yeah. If, you, if you've spent the last couple of years looking to the FDA for label for, and off yeah, label, label medic- medication, the, all of these meds are off label. I was actually at a, a Mayo Clinic conference, an endocrine specialty conference, a week long mm-hmm. conference, uh, where we were talking about all sorts of broken endocrine issues, hormone issues is what endocrine means. Uh-huh. And then there was a couple hours where there was a, a transgender specialist, and I'm using air quotes here, yeah. uh, who began her her talk by saying. Every medicine I'm going to show you, none of them are have any label for use. Yep. And uh, just so that we're clear, most of these have significant cancer side effects. <sighs> so we're talking about, uh, you know, this, this idea of, of fixing something. But what we're actually um, doing is uh, using hormones and cancer medications right. that, that in a way that was never what they were designed for to essentially break a healthy body. Wow. And, and that is that 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 can't be. You, you have to consider what are we doing to try and give someone the appearance that they might look like something else only to put them at risk for significant blood clots. You know, we talked, uh, we've talked at times about the risk of, uh, uh, and perhaps we will in the future about hormone contraception. And that has a slight risk for, for blood clots. We're talking about using hormones five to 10 times that level, the level of, of blood clotting, and these are often fatal blood clots or very life-threatening blood clots. Yeah, is very high for these patients. Wow, what are we doing? Uh, if you're if you're contemplating or working with your kids through this question, stop and ask what what is the risk I'm putting my kid at? More than just breaking their uh, their their uh, natural uh, body hormone patterns, uh, but in in really exposing them to significant risks, not only for cancer, but blood clots and other other really scary things. They're they're dangerously high. We would never do these levels of hormones in any other medical condition. In fact, you'd con- you'd be considered um, to be in malpractice to be using them on these levels. But we've carved out a whole agenda here that says this is okay. This for this purpose of of helping someone. Um, uh, gain some hair on their chin or or stop menstruating uh, will give them these things just because of the way that they feel that is that that medication that is something that no one talks about in fact no. Abby Schreier in her book um, uh, kind of went through uh, several patients yeah. that were by the end of their transition um, they were worse off medically and one lady, uh, one lady who transitioned to a man, um, even when she wanted to transition back, she said that I'm just now a lifelong patient is what I've done to my yes. body. Yes. And I mean, none of the doctors told me about who are, this. Who are completely healthy and require no medication whatsoever. And we're suddenly four, five, six medications that you are now stuck on and dependent on a physician to manage for the rest of your life. It, oh. is, it is not fixing something that's broken. It's breaking something that never was. Fixed. What's number five? Well, you know, the, it's not just the side effects or the risks that come with these medications directly, but we are truly destroying our children's future when we allow them to go through these procedures. Right. This is chemical castration. Yeah. Uh, it leads to physical castration. Right. And I'm not using that those words lightly. Castration is just a term that means stopping the ability to to have children. And castration right. used to mean the removal of, of testicles. We did that to prisoners who we considered to be repeat offenders. Yep. But doing that to, to healthy children who otherwise have normally functioning bodies 
for the purposes of a cosmetic look is is horrific. The the lengths that people are going now to try and preserve their fertility, and there was a crazy uh, Netflix movie about oh he's having a baby kind of thing, uh-huh. and they're they're snuggling up. That, that man is a, a, a that, full that woman. woman is a full woman yeah. who's now backed off her hormone therapy to try and be able to con- conceive, um, but she's had to have uh, uh, um, in vitro fetalization. Uh-huh. Fertilization, excuse me, in vitro fertilization to be able to allow her to have because she's not naturally ovulating anymore because right. we've we've destroyed that. In fact, a lot of these kids are being urged to sperm bank yep. or save or, their sperm or save their yeah, eggs save because their they eggs know they're going to destroy it if they want to have a kid later. Yeah, 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 there, uh-huh. There's no way, no how that you're going to ever be able to have a, a child, wow. and, and and that's such an, an important aspect of being a human is being able to raise children of your own. It is a gift that we are we are destroying, um, and it's it, we aren't talking about this. We talk about it like, oh, it's maybe it's a switch you can turn on or off. The Netflix is is kind of trying to make people think, oh yeah, isn't it medical assisted technology wonderful? Right. You can you can go become a a man, you can become a woman, you can vice versa, you can still have that baby down the way. Yeah, uh, the these are not stories that glamorize. They're they're Frankenstein. Right. type of, of scenarios all right so two two questions before we go here yes sir now first is um now you as a christian doctor believe giving a transgender basically doing a transgender surgery um, let's say um castrating technical testicles mm-hmm. doing a transgender bottom surgery is what they'd call it yes below the belt you would um refuse those services but would you at the same time do like some sort of breast augmentation or you know some sort of uh uh, cosmetic surgery, um, you know, maybe walk us through kind of some of the principles that might be guiding you through some of that. Sure. I, I think that that's, that's the slippery slip, the slip, <laughs> the slippery slope. Yes. My words get spoon or <laughs> here. Uh, I think that's the slippery slope that has brought us to this point. We've, right. we've already have decades and decades of the idea that we can take hormones and we can turn off and turn off uh, and turn on fertility. Uh, yep. We can do the birth control and we can yep. have uh, sex without, without, Risk of yeah. of baby or benefit of baby, as I would put it. Right. Uh, we also have this idea that that um, we can fight um, the effects of aging. We can change what right. the way we're made and and perhaps be sexier or more yeah. more lovely in in our in our own eyes. And and I and I have that conversation with a fair number of people who are not talking about transgender, but are just dealing with issues of looking in the mirror and wishing yeah. they were something different. Right. And I do think it's it's the same thought yeah. uh, issue uh, it, is it mean that you shouldn't have something fixed that that may be uh, uh, an injury well i'll give you a couple examples i have a, a dear friend who's who's had breast cancer yep. and, and it's left her without breasts and now she's right. planning to have um, some some breast augmentation so that right. she can have some restoration of the curves that she was made for right. i think that that's a mercy yeah. um on the opposite side. Uh, well, also part, partly what you're getting at there is, is you're repairing what's broken. Correct. We, you know, when you're, when you're cutting off a man's genitals, you're breaking what's working. Yes. When, you know, uh, when you're repairing a woman's breast after a mastectomy, you're, you're making it right with creation and who she was created, you know? Yes. And, and all in the, in the aspect of, as we have a uh, uh, discussion with believers, you know, you this, this body is, 
is like a tent. It's going to be uh, yeah. passing away. That's right. Ronin, and you're and you're and you won't be getting a new one till heaven. But what a glorious day that'll be. Amen. You know, I, I think it's uh, these are conversations, and we've had a lot of the thought processes, and many many of our brothers and sisters have already gone down this line of like, oh, can I just get a little Botox and get rid of those? Uh, That's right. This and that, or or couldn't I? Um, uh, uh, spend um, many hours working out in the gym just to recover uh, some beautiful view of myself, or maybe yeah. I should um, go to that doctor and get a bunch of testosterone so I can I can have that libido that I had when I was twenty. Yeah. Those are really important conversations as to what is it that's driving that? Is that right. is that something that you're finding is a reflection of godliness, or is that something that's a reflection of the culture and the and and the world that's around us? And are you cutting with God's grain? Yeah, absolutely. Know, with you know, who that, He's created you to that be. same conversation that we had about um, speaking truth and love to each other in Ephesians four. You know that that conversation that Paul is having with the Ephesian church. He says that you've you, that we have something much bigger than just our gender. We've been called for a purpose. And I think when I talk to these kids, when I talk to these adults, it's purpose that they're looking for. And, and, and this world is full of lots of teaching about purpose. In fact, it says that uh, there's winds and waves of, of, of doctrine. The actual word there is teachings. We have all these teachers in our culture that are trying to say, do this. It'll make you feel like you're included. Do that. Um, all the way from, and it's a scary, it's a challenging yeah. world for for parents who are raising kids in this culture. Um, in Ephesians, it says those those teachings are actually human trickery; they're crafty scheming. I, I do think we have um, many that are pretending to be speaking truth and love, and are actually speaking falsehood uh, with a smarmy coat right. of sugar syrup, That's and right. ultimately, it's um, causing great harm. So let let me encourage you: seek out. Um, uh, people who will speak truth to your kids, right. who will speak truth in love, um, surround them with scripture, encourage them to to um, be looking at where their real value and where their real purpose comes from. Um, seek out doctors who will not be uh, pushing the bottom line or dividing you from your children. Uh, in our community, um, we're, we're just seeing more and more parents coming saying, they, they wouldn't let me even be in the room with my kid. They had the kid fill out a questionnaire saying what yeah. is the preferred gender what's the preferred pronoun like this is this is uh this is slippery slope and, it, and it, when the when your child reaches a moment that's hard um you may be on the outside wow. <laughs> thank you thank you dr story yeah very, very much appreciate it and, and and as well we we uh we encourage people to come talk to us we we are very clear that we don't participate in this uh for many good reasons that we think medicine is sli- flying right over but also because we, we love people and we want to speak faithfully to them and we're willing to take time. And, and what we say to the physicians that are encountering this uh, or, or pushing this, we would say woe to you, to those kids and parents that are struggling with this. We would say we love you and we want to, um, we want to walk with you through this. Thank you. Well, make sure you guys share Mirror Medical. Thank you for tuning in. Um, uh, make sure you share the show, especially with uh, some of your uh, friends who might be dealing with uh, this very topic. So thank you um, uh, for tuning in. Appreciate it.